This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ah, oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and I'm joined by the Murderers Road, the superstar Neil McCauley level squad to debrief the 14th minute of Michael Mann's crime saga, Heat. I'm joined by Stu Coote, uh, who, who does know more about being in emergency rooms with bikies who've been injured than I thought I would ever know before the beginning of this podcast. We've got Luke Buckmaster here, who promises there will be no more easy finance jokes on any more of his appearances on this show. No. Um, also writes uh, for The Guardian Australia and is an accomplished author. Stu, a, a, a vital film voice and film aficionado and constant member of the cinema and also editor of the internationally renowned trailblazing film site Dark Horizons. Scott Franklin is with me as well. Say hello, sir. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How hello. are we all? Good Can I ask the thing? If, so if you're De Niro in this situation, no. you're the Macaulay of this group. No, I'm just... I'm, I, if At best, I'm Val Kilmer. At I, best. I, I think you're the De Niro. I'm the Kilmer. <laughs> you're... I'd Sizemore. I'd kill to be Tom Sizemore. Sizemore. Let's tell make you the crazy Boyd. one. John Voight? <laughs> oh, you're desperate to be John Voight. Just be John you make Boyd. a great John Voight. Just for Boyd. a night. Just for a day. Just for a night and day. He's yeah. absolutely sensational in this. This yeah, year, he he's not coming up in the next minute because the next minute is actually so loaded with stuff. Mm. Um, but ladies and gents, we'd love you to li- uh, listen along. We're going to listen to the 14th minute of Heat um, from... 13th minute, we're right at the end of the 12th minute, onto the 13th, the 14th minute of the film is here, have a listen and uh, we'll come back and we'll dissect it with you. Six. Forty cents on the dollar, six hundred forty thousand to you. Hundred fifty front money. Get you the rest two, three days. Know who owns these? So, gentlemen, we're at the fourteenth. Oh, we've done the fourteenth minute. We're up to the fifteenth minute. We've just closed that off. We can see the fallout from the original um, heist scene. We see the police stopping, inspecting four. Oh, sorry, three unfortunate dead bodies um, at the end of the at the edge of the truck. Um, the completely waylaid after Wayne Crow's decision, uh, and we see Neil McCauley and his crew dump all their stuff, jump into another work car, and do a sort of a, a blob a of the ambulance. DIY, DIY blob of the ambulance as they're leaving, and leads us right into, and this is what I wasn't aware of in this minute, it was, I, I wasn't aware that we got to it so quickly, was 
the introduction of Nate, which is Neil McCauley's sort of confidant and also... Was his um, fence. And, and, and his fence and for a lot of work um, that happens, but a, a key a key character in the film. Even though it's a small part, John Voight plays Nate so brilliantly um, in this and, and, and such a vital role, but just pops in and out. Just a, a another mm. cool man regular. We just, before coming back on air, we're talking that uh, he's Howard Cosell and Michael Mann's Ali in 2001, so there's a stack of good stuff here. Um, but, gents... What else do you say? Immediate thoughts after the 14th minute. Well, it's a continuation of their proficiency as a crew. They're quick, they're clean, they get out. Even like the stuff... They're with the ambulance, yeah. Yeah, stuff with the ambulance, they're done. Again, they've got the, the bomb ready to go. And it's not like some professional, but it's just a straight up chemical, like almost like a pool chemical, which they just added a yeah. incendiary device to it and bang. And we don't even see the, 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 the fallout we saw from... Um, De Niro wanting to punch out um, Wanglo, um, Wango, what's his name? Wango. Wango. It's a weird um, man. He, we, they don't stop and argue the toss. Again, they, they're continuing on with the plan. Mm. Um, it's this brief moment where he sort of reaches yeah, over, yeah. grabs him and it's like... As you naturally yeah. would. It's, and then he, to, we'll get to this at a later time. Yes, We've got a job to, to be do. Dealt with at the, We're back yeah. on plan, uh, yeah. which I like. It's um, No, it's very good. Everyone knows. Again, they, they come out of that ambulance. Everyone knows their positions. Uh, like they got out of the truck before. But I also think one of the cool things that we were sort of briefly alluding to in the previous podcast, which we're now talking about on this minute, is at this stage, the cops are on a chase for guys who've rolled an armor car, mm. who may or may not be aware, and at that stage, they got a call from within the armor car, so they assume that people are alive. So they got a call from inside the armor car to say we're being robbed yeah. by their driver. So at that stage, there's live people. So when they bust over the tires and they stop from future cops from driving over the rail, uh, the, the road spikes, they then discover three dead as doornail guys. And I suppose the urgency to go on a wild goose chase and try and hunt these guys down in the middle of two freeways really slows up, and they go. Oh shit! There are three dead guys yeah, here. It, yeah. a, it escalates like that yeah. problem straight yeah, up. Yeah, right, it's yeah. it's yeah. like wow. This is do we try and chase these guys who are with automatic weapons and proficient enough to put road spikes? But no. also, their the, their role is to contain the scene and worry about that. They're not yeah. there to go off. No, they're not getting a posse together and setting off to try and round them up. They no. know. Well, no, they know this is be upgraded to the next level. bodies, the bang. Yeah. We, we don't touch this. We just see. before Pacino comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just get up the police tape and wait. Yeah. So we see some great characters. We see um, our lovely, I think, uh, as Ted Levine might later call him, TV man, TV man. Um, I'm going to press play. Um, we're going to have it on mute so I can go back. What we see. Uh, console, TV console man. TV console man. Uh, yeah, can I just say, it's, <laughs> how is he in the outlets for that? Because the TV is actually on. Yeah, on, so, outside the um, building, yeah. I where actually, is he going? He has a very out? long extension cord. And, 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 yeah. and if he has a reason. And what's with the. It's like a 1950s outlets. television in the 1995. I actually think he's got a car battery in that. Trolley. But he's not getting a very good reception. No, it's no, no, he's pink static. Who and also, static? why have the TV tilted like that? I mean, why not do the, do the due, due diligence and <laughs> put, a, put, put a brick on one side, make it... You even, want a geostabiliser on that trolley. You know, it's almost like the cop is asking him, well, did you see everything? And I like to think that that homeless guy is saying, well, yeah, I saw it and I'm not squealing on nobody. You know, yeah. snitches get stitches. <laughs> That's right. And I'll go back to watching my TV, which is mysteriously turned on. Well, the other thing is that, that with, have you ever seen a road sign like that? 
No, no. The arrow is pointing, pointing down. down on the cop's shoulder. Yeah. What do you think the reaction from this man would be when you yeah, tell him that what his that signs about actually TV's yeah. not tuned? Do you think you'd just get like? <laughs> do you think you'd I get think... a rounds of the kitchen of like? Don't well, tell this, me this, how to watch. He'd say you're crazy. Yeah, this is before the era of digital television and free view. So sure, I know that later this homeless man at least and and you know we're making an assumption with you listening to this that you've seen the film before that the tv man actually gives them slick sure yeah which is which huge which is a big thing which is huge and as pacino actually says you know you're going to get the phone book but run it anyway and helps him Mm. run down a lead later in the film but if you're just glancing at 13 minutes and 18 seconds in this movie and you see a cop asking this guy with his TV on a slant that has got pink yeah, static, how so much hope... That somehow turned on and outside. But also, A, it's potentially filler, but B, how reliable is this guy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how reliable he, is he as a... Definitely not a reliable witness. As a witness. Yeah. I mean, and you so, can't even tune his TV. <laughs> no. And so... At well, the you're mo- saying you heard something across the road and you can't even tune your daddy. If only he'd yeah. go to Easy Finance exactly. or some outlet like that. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> of that <laughs> speak, out. speaking of that, I 13 minutes, 20 seconds. TVs, but well, something similar. We can, still, in the TV world. we can still see Easy Finance over the road. We've got these cop cars here who've um, blasted over these road spikes. We can see people stopping. They don't want to do it. And at 13 minutes, 23 seconds, we see Neil. We see the guys getting into another work car and they are ready to rock and away uh, from from the scene of their ambulance, which has been blown up really, not necessarily to completely explode the ambulance, but just to burn all the evidence of all of the clothes and all the, any fibers. And, and what is good hue? And because it looks hue. good. And, and it's really interesting here how uh, Michael Mann introduces the John Voight character. I think most directors would probably move to a scene where you maybe have an establishing shot, then a mid-shot, then a close-up. Yeah. Uh, John Boyd talking mm. to Robert De Niro. Here, he's... He goes, he goes straight to, like, a mid-shot. And it, well, it's not, it's not a tracking shot here, and he's going yeah. from right to left. Mm. He's, uh, he's, he's focusing on these guys. Uh, obviously, two criminals. They don't have a office. They, ca- they can't book out a room using Microsoft Outlook. So <laughs> yeah. they have to be upstairs at a car park. Sure. Well, this, um, this is pretty Voight's got his glasses. Voight's yeah. got his glasses. Do you know I think he's got a satchel or something, isn't he? A briefcase satchel, yeah. something like that. Hey, he's doing a tartan suit. That, that's where I was rare back So then. it's a business meeting. But, yeah. Uh, but I, um, yeah. Officially. I think... Like, that, this is getting written off to tax. Well, yeah, <laughs> if they had, if they had coffee, but, but they'd they'd write, they'd write off the tax write-off too. I love exactly. I love how much you learn in shorthand film from about thirteen minutes thirty-six seconds into this film to thirteen minutes forty-one seconds, mm. which is essentially like you know five seconds. You're seeing A9. So you're in a parking yeah. structure. Yeah. These two guys are going to a random spot. It's sundown. Mm. We know the we know the heist happened in the morning. So there's a clear, quick, pretty quick turnaround as far as hooking up with your fence to mm. fence whatever goods that they're working on. We get a little bit more specifics and we literally, we cut this scene off right in the midst of a bit of a revelation around um, the actual bonds and who they own. And the fence, Nate, in this case, played by John Voight, is asking um, Neil McCauley, you know, um, do you know who owned these? And sort of is seeing another angle on the fence which is also a scam on a scam a scam yeah. on a scam opening up a door but as we will later find out that's potentially another one of the the trap doors that's in this entire do you think film. the a9 means anything uh it's like the 605 on top of the van does that mean anything mm, i don't know i think it's just yeah it's I, random it feels yeah. like it's re- it just feels like it, it it fills out the universe like it's mm. 
I, you know, where where we park? B B three. B twenty like sign for it. Is. I think yeah. Yeah, I think George and they're they're actually walking around looking for the <laughs> he's got his got to do yeah. the yeah. but, yeah. but I think yeah, more relevant is is that this is a shot where um, this is what thirteen forty one where uh, really the two characters are quite a small portion of the frame. And this is the, the concrete jungle of, of Michael Mann. This is, this is a large and sprawling city. And yeah, but it's also Los Angeles where there is not much in the way of high-rise. So you're talking in one of the few places where the car park is looking out on top of some very large skyscrapers. And so and obviously this is downtown, he's looking out. which so is like a different part of the city. I think that's quite intentional. This isn't a car park that's on the ground floor. It's, it's, got, it's looking out onto something. And it, and it does, and it ends, and I love that you're introducing a pretty titanic character actor in the form of John Voight, where we, we pull up at about 13 minutes and 46, 47 seconds, and they're in the center of the frame. These two absolutely Oscar-nominated, extremely well-known people, and you're getting them in these random, barely profile shots. You're almost seeing them from behind as they look out into this jungle, and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a way that if you're someone who's passing them, you're not being able to get a, a good... Uh, read on them. A good read on yeah. who yeah. they are. They're looking out into the concrete jungle, which is and and we've yet to, to... we've yet to have a glamour shot, and I don't think there are nearly any in this film, but a glamour shot of LA. Yes, like, no, 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 yeah, but we, they're, they're being very, they're being have, very. Yeah, the thing yeah. with this one is they're being very deliberate with the geography here. So you had the thing with the drive when they had the robbery that we were talking about before was on Convention Center Drive, which is in the southwest part of the downtown Los Angeles. Mm. This is in downtown Los Angeles, the parking lot. So he hasn't moved particularly very far. There's obviously yeah. a few blocks from where they were, actually, yeah. which is actually kind of risky for a fence in the space, in the space of, what, a couple but of hours look, from the robbery. But they're not looking for... They're looking for a guy to... They're not looking no, for a guy looking, to no, that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of, this, a lot of the geography them. of this film is actually quite distinct to Los Angeles in terms of the, it moves to different areas depending on... He doesn't. He doesn't cut to, but it's like down, the the mighty ducks are being dragged downtown. They're in the lockup. <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones that hit the dock because they're looking for a rogue <laughs> hockey team. And... This 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 exchange that happens sort of in the last twelve seconds of this minute is Nate, an older Nate, a great mulleted John Voight with a moustache, kind of uh, Colin Farrell pays uh, a homage to him in, in my advice, advice. Yes, very similarly yeah, with the yeah. same the same hair, but um, <laughs> still rocking. Um, and he's he's you know he's got his classic glasses. He's reading over this. Do you know who owned these? And we finally figure out it's Bonds. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's going to get a hundred thousand dollars worth of these bonds, and he can split it between his crew. So it's a hundred thousand dollar gig here. And do you know who? Do you know who owned these? Do you get the sense in with the the shot of John Voight as well? Like he's, it almost looks like they've sort of uglied him up a bit. Like he looks have, a little, yeah. like he yeah. looks a little weathered, and he mm. looks a little like. But a guy who, I love that he kind of came to Hollywood, used to get away with being part of the scene. You get the sense that he's just still now a bit on the outer, like he's gone a, a bit to seed, still a player, but not what he once was. Like no. he's sort of he's fighting for scraps because this doesn't seem like a a massive score for the preparation that went in. No, they that... did a an amazing job ripping it off, but mm. it's like it wasn't. He's not having the high the high. It's not walking so, away, so, money. No, no, they're no. not retiring to Mexico no, no, and like mm. having pina yeah. coladas. Like no, this is their job. This, this is, is and, like, and that's what I mean. I think that's the great thing is they're here to be in it for the long haul. This mm. is a career, mm. and you look at Neil. Neil's got a well, a, an extremely clean, beautiful white shirt, a nondescript grey suit, a pretty. Pretty, it's very clean cut, there's not Very clean cut, yeah. pretty bland look. And yeah. Nate's a bit more, you know, he's got that, that's almost like the 
the the kind of white shirt that's had a, a bar, you know, a year in a bar where they're still allowed smoking with a tobacco to yellow it and a tartan jacket. So he's looking pretty schmicko, but it's it's kind of a weathered schmick. De Niro's got and throughout these, I know they 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 make reference like well he was Pacino. They say that he was in the Marines mm. when they look at his jacket, but De Niro looks like he's almost got a military. Like discipline to him, yeah. Like the with, way with he's, the appearance, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. clean cut. Everything's right. It's rigid. It's on. Well, that's sort of that's sort of very rigid approach to his with the vanity and so on in terms of like the way he dresses and the way everything's mm. like very sharp suits with sharp corners and so on. But John Voight then feels yeah. more like the criminal no. element here. Yes, like yeah. he feels like he's a professional doing business with mm. a shyster. Yeah, like, I'm, well, slim, I'm dipping my toe in the waters of crime. Yeah. Like. The, the bank, the, the actual armor card felt like the job. This feels like, oh, now I've got to go see a criminal. Yes. Like, yeah. do my dirty and, 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 right. and also, Nate is the guy, as we learn later on in the film, is the kind of conduit to other criminal activities. So it's almost like Neil gets to sort of sit out on the fringe and be the guy that is separate and distinct from it, and he comes back in and, and talks to Nate. So and, and I love that. Like, he was a sex symbol. Voight is a guy who you would think would come in and be a big and broad and high falutin kind of guy, and he's so happy to retreat into a guy who's got kind of, you know, maybe looks like he's had one too many sunburns and uh, and okay. just like a bit weathered and his moustache is a bit, shit, you know, bedraggled and he's not looking exactly perfect. I think I love that about this Nate character because you could have gotten any number of talking so, parts. Yeah, but he's also one of the only characters in this film, aside from De Niro as well, is another thing, which has a sort of code of honour, which he sort of holds through yeah. the end of the film. But that could, you're right, it could have been any character. It could have been a like a, a Dennis Farina kind of mm, thing. Like yeah. It could have been someone like that that just... Kind of a Dennis Farina was on holiday at the moment, and he so was kind of yeah, this close. Well, do you think Dennis Farina would have played it a bit more, a sort of obvious, almost? Well, I think would have, yeah, stereotypical. I think John yeah. Boyd grounds it like in a yeah. like, or that you know, and this would never happen, but that almost could have been a Nicholson kind of character, like someone, but. You know, depending where he was in the nineties, but yeah. he would have gone too big. Nicholson's too big. I love yeah. that Voight retreats. But Voight, this. like you don't Voight. If you say to most people, well, "What's Voight known for?" He's not. Known for other a great than Midnight to, Cowboy, there's yeah. no roles. But like Midnight Cowboy and Anaconda, but he's, <laughs> but he's not big. Like he's such a prolific person. Yeah, you don't have like a top ten that you instantly go to with him. But he's always been there and thereabouts. Yes, yeah. which is perfect for this kind of character to sort of pop up. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that's that's exactly. He's a workman. Right, yeah. He's a workman actor. Basically, he's one of those ones where it doesn't. Yeah, quietly, he's not really a showcase actor where it's like a specific giant roles that everyone knows the performances he's like Boop. he will do steady work year after year after year and everything from deliverance through to the Odessa file through to whatever and it's like he's good he's, he's always reliably good he's never actually but good. he looks he's always got that slight yeah. slyness to him yes mm-hmm. like he's got a like he's up to like he's always like got a bit of shiftiness to him but I love his uh, it makes so much sense for a Voight to be across from a De Niro here which is why I love their interplays because Void is Void is an icon in and of himself, so he would not be intimidated by De Niro. No. That's why they yeah. both like as They're far all sort as of the screen, same yeah, it's yeah. like screen presence wise, it doesn't feel imbalanced. It's not like some rando who has never acted before, like being paled into insignificance, standing alongside De Niro because De Niro is so unbelievably in his zone here. Well, and if anything, De Niro might be the junior to Void. Yes. Like, yeah. Voight might actually be the... He's almost the elder statesman in this... It uh, allows for a little bit of that reverential, I'll mm. listen to you. Even though he looks a bit funny, he's got a mullet and moustache, it's that, <laughs> I'm going to give you some reverence. And he's there. never burnt me. 
Yeah. yeah. Like I'm still in this game because I've I'm still in this game because I trust this because I've put good people I've put good people around me. Yeah. So an amazing scene. We've got a couple of seconds left. Any other final points from the scene? Do we want to go back? Is there any other things from the end no, of the heist you guys want to cover? Nero is, um, you know, he's almost that upstart kind of character. He's 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 a consummate professional. Again, it's reiterating that point. Reminds mm. me of uh, his performance in Casino on the scene. Frankly, looking yeah. at mm-hmm. looking at yeah. how well dressed he is, yeah. his demeanour. Yes, he yeah. might the underrated score says he's yeah, mm. well, I think it's it is. My, I my personal favourite. My, fa- my personal favourite too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, that's, some that's pretty a pretty stiff competition there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and, and funny you mentioned Casino and it, someone like a Don Rickles mm. could have worked as the Voight, as the older gentleman. Yeah. yeah. Like Rickles yeah. is a, he's yeah. a full-blown comedian. Yeah. But he does so well as the pit boss in Casino. Yeah, like a serious acting point. Like yeah, comedians yeah, do very well from a guy very who, serious. But he, yeah. he, he does have a gruffness to him. Yeah. And, and that like yeah. But yeah, he's not gonna be intimidated yeah. in the scene. No, he's that's a, what's great no. about Rickles is like, you know, he was friends with Frank Sinatra, so I yeah. think once yeah. you're best friends with Frank Sinatra, there's literally <laughs> no one in the world who could possibly <laughs> intimidate him. A quick aside, have you ever heard the stories that he did used to do De Niro on the scene of Casino? Yeah. When Casino's half uh, De Niro would be halfway through a take and, and Rickles would just say, Is that how you're doing it, Bob? Is that how you're going to do the scene? No, you got the two Oscars. No, let's go again. Marty, let's go one more. I didn't like it. Bob's going to do it again. And just busting De Niro's balls for the whole time. And he would get away with it. And there's another great one where he goes, well, like he's doing it. And he goes, goes, stop the take. You're spitting in my face. Marty, I can't work with this man. I can't work with this man. And you look at De De Niro's crying. Oh, bless. Great movie. Mm. But again, like... That's what I love about the Nate character. And so, you know, even in the opening minute um, episodes that we've done of of One Heat Minute, we're talking about this absolutely... Like, it's unbelievably stacked cast. And so far, you're not actually seeing... When they come in, they're so unassuming. Mm. Like, here's Val Kilmer just... Although there's so much richness in even the tiny moments that we've seen him so far, it's amazing. Voight just walks... Just waltzes in. It's just, he's here. This guy is living in this world. There's no, like, fanfare. There's no big established shot. As Luke talked about hierarchically how you would normally approach an introduction of a character. He's just here. This, think, Nate lives here. That's what's really great about this scene. The, not, not, he doesn't live in the car park. Not in the car park. No, no, the car park. Yeah, not in A9. Or, but again, it's another, it's it's another great character actor that's yeah. just popping up in the spotting role. That but, is this whole film. But yeah. I think what goes to what works for the heat in general is you need a swiftness and a tightness to how the crime was committed. Mm. Because from the police point of view, it's boom. This yes. robbery's occurred. Yes. Mm. Robbery homicides occurred. Boom. You take over. Yeah. So then we have the slow procedural element, but we need to have a quick, tight, boom. We got, we stole it. We got the thing. Let's get away. And that's okay. You've woken up the sleepy dog that's got to now come around and go, mm. all right. What happened? Ask all the questions, and then slowly go from there. Yeah. So yeah. It's so it works so well to have this really tight. Yeah. We've 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 planned the perfect thing. We're perfect. We're perfect. Okay. Except for we lay the traps of slick thing like <laughs> little breadcrumbs that need mm. to then be yeah. like you know laid out as a, a in those opening sequence. That's what I really like. And, and yeah, it's also very good for the audience because a lot of the stuff. After this point, becomes more about establishing the relationships, the characters, yeah. and the domestic stuff, and the slow procedural build up with the detectives holding the thing. So you have another good half hour or so before things start turning into more of an action thing mm. again. So you've had this burst of action earlier on, 
and then you can sort of relax into it a bit because you've got the audience's attention they're enjoying but, it, they're into it and you and you stop now and you say who's who oh yeah. well chris is this this is like we already know who every single player is yes and what their what their motivations are how they can be pushed yes from very little from yeah, one heist yeah. do, uh, or from that, one that, heist that's right and but, uh, yeah. on the other hand uh, you know Michael Mann doesn't have much time for John Voigt doesn't have much time for Val Kilmer doesn't have much time for Danny Trio mm. and there's you know, I think we mentioned it in the previous. That there's dozens and dozens of speaking roles in here. There's I think yeah. It's yeah. close to seventy speaking roles. So it's a gigantic tapestry of mostly men mm, yes. um, talking to each other. And the supporting cast is, you know, terrific, absolutely terrific, and very efficient in their characterizations. Mm. But uh, that he doesn't linger very long at all. So that yeah. part of that, um, that, you know, the whole thing around not spending too much time to get to know them is also out of necessity in the way that the script works. The bonus of that is you get a web of, of characters. It's a gigantic sprawling web, yes. which is quite a unique feature. And then that allows him to then kind of triangulate around a couple of very But you think that's characters. why he's hired a lot of very good, uh, great character actors in a lot of these sort of smaller supporting roles, because there's so little screen time for them. They need to make an impact. Exactly. And these, there's the kind of actors where it's like they can come in and they know to have a character built in, established, ready, and bang. And, and that's... Can go. Yeah. And with, yeah. they can do a that lot with sense, it, yeah. very little. That's why we pointed yeah, out on the, that makes sense. the very opening shot of this film, you guys weren't here for it, but it's the train there yeah. with all the interconnected wires yeah. over the top. So there's like wires going everywhere and it is the netting of like almost thematically that there are going to be all this crisscrossing of the different mm-hmm. players and there's stuff going everywhere. Man, he's a genius. He's... <laughs> Is there a bit of blue tinsel on top of the train? <laughs> there wouldn't no. be. There wouldn't be because it's not down that easy finding. No, it's not. <laughs> they haven't moved into trains yet. They're getting there. It might have been preempting. But I think in, in, sure. in an upcoming <laughs> minute you're going to see and I, I think what what kept resonating with me as you were talking about those fantastic phenomenal character actors who can just walk in and give something to a yeah. like what is essentially a nothing role the character of Bosco which Ted Levine comes into and he's about to sort of start unpacking and dissecting this investigation he's kind of Pacino's um, eyes and ears on the ground of this scene before he arrives there to sort of give him the lay of the land and summarize what's happened I mean just even the I don't know whether it's like the vernacular, the intonation, the weird sort of, um, uh, you know, sonic uh, tweaks that he makes to the way he lays out words are just so, they're so interesting. Like you end up hanging on every word, even though it's just... Let's well, take Levine just, as well, yeah. yeah. Tab- I mean, he's, because he's normally so stuck playing psychopaths in so many other films. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see him actually, A, play a good guy. Plays a good and guy. And, you know, B, just like use that, that sort of weird drawl that he has. That's weird like drawl. beautiful. And it's like, bang, 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 bang. We're yeah. going to see it in a second. But uh, like that, that just, again, I think it's a, a real testament to... Also, like, uh, Bonnie Timmerman was the casting director in this, and I think it's like the 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 stones to cast a bunch of big actors and go, look, you only have two lines. Um, these, you know, and, and I think when you build a film around 1995 Val Kilmer and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, you get the luxury to go, would you like to be in this amazing kind of twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity? Mm-hmm. And then all these great character actors and incredible performers who have later seen doing incredible stuff just go, yep, I'm in. I'm, uh, You know, John Voight, who would have thought? John Voight. Yeah, cool. I'm in for but a role that's like five lines. It's doing the work. It, you know, it's like you look at Ocean's Eleven. Yes. If you use big names, big pla- like on a 
sort of descending scale of how big the names are. But at the end, you know who all 11 characters are of Ocean's Eleven. Yes. I went through the three Hobbit movies. <laughs> I, I can't tell you who all the Hobbits are. Yes. I spent nine hours with them. I can't remember. Like There was yeah. a fat one, the sexy one, and the, the one that was good with a sword. But I, I watch Ocean's Eleven. I can take you through who all the motivations are because the casting was so perfect in terms yes. of the impact that each of them has. Yes. Um, and that's what this does. It's like, yeah, you're not going to be around for a lot, but I just need... And we to haven't know. even got to Bud Court yet. <laughs> we have not even got to Bud Early Court. days. Gentlemen, this has been absolutely outstanding. Thank you so much for taking me through one of the most iconic film heists of all time. We are literally up to the 15th minute of Michael Mann's epic crime saga, Heat, and we're about four hours into the uh, the One Heat Minute podcasting saga in and of itself. So thank you so much for being my opening guest. I really appreciate your time. You. And uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you throughout the remaining 162 episodes sprawl that is uh, Heat, One Heat Minute. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, it's, it's been great. It's been the proverbial easy financing. <laughs> <laughs> he promised. Yeah. And this is his second easy finance <laughs> sorry, joke. Sorry about that. <laughs> It's actually easyfinance.com. We've got, we've got a website now. You actually download the app. It's in the uh, <laughs> Google, Google app store. It's in the, there's a link in the page. Yeah, yeah it's in the app store. It's on Google Play. <laughs> um, at the end of the show, you'll uh, and at the end of every show, you'll hear um, uh, shout-outs to the folks and guests and where you can find their stuff. But uh, thank you so much for listening to One Eight Minute. We'll catch you next week where we find out how Neil is going to fence this cash with Nate and uh, what uh, what exactly happened from the police perspective at the robbery homicide division with Basco. Bang, 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 bang. Um, we'll see you there and uh, catch you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Garth Franklin, Stu Coote, Luke Buckmaster. You can find Garth at, at Dark Horizons on Twitter, Stu Coote at, at Stu underscore watches on Twitter and Luke Buckmaster at Luke Buckmaster, all one word, on the Twitter sphere. Guys, thank you so much for listening. It is now episode 11 of One Hit Minute. We are having an absolute blast producing the show for you, so thank you so much. Thank you to our music guy, Paul Davies. Thank you to Garth Franklin for his assistance with website design. And subscribe, rate, review on whatever podcast app you use. We would love your feedback. Thank you so much for listening.